the fact that there were two of us, it wasn't like Ashley Murphy organizing it, then it's Ashley's personality. Because there were two of us coming into it, it had to have a personality of its own, which is why we think the brand has done so well over time because it isn't a person. It's a brand. Have you ever stopped and asked yourself, is this what I really want to be doing with my life? We have, and the answer wasn't what we expected. Hi, I'm Margaret. And I'm Stetson. We made a really big decision to do a complete rebrand of our four-year-old relocations company. New look, new business model, the works. Some people might think we're crazy. Do you? But it's what we needed to do in order to better align ourselves with our goals for our company. In this podcast, we talk about not only our journey through rebranding, but all things business. Marketing, building your client base, social media. In fact, there is never an end to the topics we will discuss here. So we invite you now to sit back, take notes, and enjoy the One Crazy Journey podcast. Hey, welcome to the One Crazy Journey podcast, episode number 13. So happy to have you here. Yes, welcome. Before we get started, let's go over a couple of things. We put on new episodes every Monday. So if you'd like to keep up with us, make sure you set your alarms, set your calendars, because we have amazing content and people that we interview every Monday on the One Crazy Journey podcast. You can also follow the One Crazy Journey podcast on Instagram and also keep up with our rebrand and our company, on Instagram at everything.envy. So we have a lot of fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, you can see us in many places out there right now. Yeah. So today we have amazing, amazing guests. We're very excited. Oh my gosh. We have been looking forward to this interview and for a couple months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, this we're gonna awesome. have Ashley and Molly. They're co-founders of Neat Method and we're gonna introduce, tell you all about them. But I mean they've been featured in Forbes. They have Almost oh, 600,000 followers yeah. on Instagram, franchises all over the world. And so look forward to yes. chatting with them a little yes, bit. Yes, definitely stay tuned for that because that was so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm in house buying mode, which I have been in house buying mode for the past couple months. But we just came from a house that Stetson's interested in buying. Cross our fingers. We're putting an offer today. Right now, like the houses are so limited. Like there's not a lot of options. And so you really just like, have to be on Zillow every second of every day. Because if like you like a house, you have to put in an offer that day. We or... don't have much inventory Inventory, here yeah. In mm-hmm. Southern Oregon or Grants Pass specifically. So when the houses go up, they sell so fast. Oh, so quick. Yeah. But, and then people are putting higher bids. Like that's what you were telling me earlier that you, you're interested in this house. You have to and they a... have this price range, but they're actually upping the price and they're offering more than mm-hmm. what they're asking. Yeah. So that's what we're doing with this house that we like. I'll keep you guys posted. It's a journey as always. And I actually am I'm looking forward to the process because once we buy a house, I thought it would be fun to document that process on like Instagram or something because there's so many things that go into buying and moving, which is obviously what we do. We help people move. And I think it would be cool to, yeah, to, document, to the document the process. Yeah. yeah. Of what goes into it and the planning process. Yeah. You know, I thought this move will be smaller in comparison because she's coming out. <laughs> okay. We literally... Yeah. So we live in a... My boyfriend and I, we've been together for a long time, almost seven years. Seven years coming up next March in 2020. Crazy. Oh, wow, huh? can't believe it's been that long. Already. Yeah. So we're buying a house together, doing things the opposite way. I guess you could say, I don't know. Is it the opposite way? Not anymore. I don't Not think anymore. So. No. You I don't do whatever think so. in 2020, whatever you want to do in 2020. So we moved from Eugene two years ago almost here. 
from a nice size. It was a studio apartment, studio but it was apartment. a nice two. I mean, it was a single story with a loft, mm-hmm. beautiful little apartment into. Well, into a studio on my boyfriend's mom's property. It's like an attached studio. And again, if you want to rent here, there's no rental property. There's no rental property. At all. So and we when were you lucky. find one, they're, they're also super expensive they're to expensive rent. They're expensive and they're like, not nice at all. So, <laughs> so we were up. lucky that my boyfriend's mom was building a studio. So we've been living there 500 square feet. And it's a feet. nice little studio. Yeah, brand new. We mm-hmm. got to pick and help design it, which was super fun. So it's totally our style. But I mean, living in it's 500 square feet. It's feeling kind of small. And, yeah. and two cats. And two cats. Like We need our own space. And so we are buying a house. So we've been in that mode for a couple months. I feel like, but seriously looking the past like month and a half. And it's not been an easy journey because some of the houses that you really liked, somebody outbid you on it. Oh yeah. Someone outbid us or they sell super quick, but now now we know. So yeah, that's where we just came from, which is kind of fun. Yeah. And it's a nice little house. And it, as you were saying, it felt like, like you could see yourself living there, mm-hmm. but you don't always have that feeling when you're looking around at houses. No, no, you don't, which is what I found. Yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting because... We saw the house today and we saw the one that we were putting in an offer in tomorrow or we saw it yesterday. And my sister was like, yeah, when we went to see our house, which is the house that we live in now, she's like, Frankie, my her husband didn't want to see it. He was like, no, this looks awful. And I thought the same. Oh, because it didn't show well in pictures? Yeah, I thought oh. the same. I was like, I don't even know. Should we even see this one? Because we're going to see the one tomorrow. Totally blew me away because the pictures are terrible. And that's how they for sale by owner too. and they didn't take very good pictures. <laughs> like, come on, people. <laughs> it did, obviously, they didn't hire a photographer to take the pictures. No. They just maybe grabbed their cell phone. <laughs> they grabbed their cell phone With and were like selling lens. the furniture, not selling the house. <laughs> but it looks very nice when you are in it, yeah. <laughs> not by the pictures. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, it's super cute. And it's mm-hmm. got hardwood floors and pretty much everything that you wanted in the house. And super nice, nice master bath. Yeah, it's three bedroom, yard. three bath. Huge, bigger yard than what we were expecting. Mm-hmm. It has like two master bedrooms, basically. But we'll see. I mean, you never know. So we'll keep you guys yeah, updated next crossed. week. <laughs> next week, I will let you know if we have it or not. But anyway, so yeah, that's what house mode and then also summit mode. Ooh. We're excited because next week, we're going to do a solo episode, actually. So we are going to get you all caught up on what we've been doing because we're working on our moving summit, which is what we've been talking about the past couple of weeks. But we are finally yeah. lining up interviews for it. We're building the the funnel for it, and yeah. it's finally turning into a thing. And, and we're excited about it because mm-hmm. we've got some good speakers on there, and we feel like we've got things laid out. We we're on a roll, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we're super excited about that. Yeah, because it launches October twenty eighth, so it's going to be launching very very soon. Oh gosh, as I'm talking to you, I'm like, oh no, oh no, no. There's only oh, a couple sorry, more weeks. <laughs> Cross our fingers is launching October twenty eighth, but it will go live November eleventh through the 13th. So we whew, we still have a couple more. We still have a little bit more time. We got a little bit more work to do, but... No, it's fun. We'll I mean, pull it's, it off. it's I mean, what we like to do. Interviews. You know, oh, yeah. I like doing this, the funnel stuff, all the backend website kind of stuff. Yeah. No, it's fun. And it's something that we're doing together. And mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's good work. Things that we're enjoying doing. Exactly. Preparing for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll transition into our interview and bring on our two special guests. That sounds like a great idea. Alrighty, we're so excited to welcome two very, very special guests. I can't believe they're on the One Crazy Journey podcast with us. Oh, I know. They're just um, such awesome ladies. Yes. Hi, ladies. 
So we have Ashley Murphy and Molly Graves. They are the co-founders of the NEAT Method. Now, the NEAT Method is someone we looked up to ever since we started our business. They oh, have yeah. almost 600,000 followers on Instagram, franchises all over the world. I know. What are you up to now? Like 80, I think I heard in the home store. Yeah, almost. Okay. Just shy of 80 in the US and Canada. Oh, that's in Canada too. International company now. Woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> so we know you've been featured in a lot of magazines too, like Vogue magazine, the New York Times. Let's see, I'm going down the list here. Goop, real simple. We're gonna be scrolling for a while because there's a lot. magazine. <laughs> like the list goes up. You were even on Good Morning America, it looks like. Forbes, I think, too, right? Yeah, weren't you listening yeah. to Forbes too? Yeah. Oh my goodness. We're so excited to have you both on. We're in honor of you. Oh my gosh. Oh, you guys are celebrities in the home organizing world, really. We're excited that you guys asked us. So thank you. Yes. So I would love to start out to hear about taking us way back, right? How did Neat Method begin? Going way back now. Yes. Pre children, pre. I know. Well, <laughs> I, looked, I looked a whole lot younger. Although, <laughs> Ash, I was just thinking like we really have officially surpassed 10 years. So it was 10 years ago. Really? Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you do a big 10 year celebration? Or are you too busy with your new product line? And whatever? well, sadly, thanks to COVID, there was supposed to be a big celebration, but we're going to have to wait until 11 years, which is true. Totally yeah. To make it even bigger and better for sure. Yeah. So a little over 10 years ago, Molly and I actually met in San Francisco, truly like on a chance meeting, shared very quickly that we were both from Chicago and more or less set up a coffee date and got together and discovered that we both had this like crazy passion for living an organized life. I had already dabbled in the industry a little bit before moving to San Francisco and Molly was actually like starting in the industry when I met her. So we were like, wait a minute. I like you. I think you seem pretty normal. Like, what would you say? Like, we start this and just kind of see where it goes. And I think like we did. We just decided like, hey, like, why not? What do we really have to lose? We were both there with our husband's jobs. So it really wasn't this like career stressor for us. It allowed us some of that flexibility. And we started it and really haven't stopped since. And I think For us, it was a lot of trying to figure out our strengths and weaknesses and our true like method behind it. And so the first two years we spent in San Francisco doing just that. And then in 2012, I moved back to Chicago and Molly and I were like devastated to leave each other. That's like a whole different topic where we were like, no, we we, we had so much fun. You're like family, sisters. Yeah. And it was destiny that pulled you together. We can't be separated now. Exactly. We're like, are we even good at doing this apart? I don't know. Well, that's how we feel. Cause like we're mother, daughter, right? And like we do everything together. So it's like, if we were separated, like sometimes, you know, there's hard times in businesses where you're like, what are we doing? I was like, if I didn't have you, I don't know if I could go on. Like I love having like a partner because this entrepreneur stuff is no joke. No joke. So (laughs) this really for us was that like, it kind of was the true testament where you're like, okay, what is this going to do for us as a business? And I think that's where we had to kind of put on our big girl pants and get out there and figure out like, here's what needs to happen in order to scale this and to test 
if it works, everything that we tried for two years, if it works in another major market. And that's kind of where Marissa came in. And basically, the rest is history in a way. Because at that point, when you moved away, then you officially became like the first of the two different hubs then, right? Exactly. Two parts of this bigger picture now. You're now expanding into another state. And we really felt at the time that, well, we were nervous at the time, really, that San Francisco was just sort of such a ripe market for organizing because it's a lot of older spaces with not very good storage solutions. It's a transient city. So people are always moving in and out. And it is a hub for entrepreneurship. So it's so embraced to start a new business there. And it's well-supported. And then on top of it, there were amazing businesses that were doing really well. So there was tons of new money and people were willing to spend on things like this. So it had everything that it needed to be a great business. So we were kind of like, it's a no-brainer that San Francisco is a great market for Neat Method. Chicago, we were like, it's the next best place for us because we both have family there. We had great connections there. So we were like, all the things that we didn't have in San Francisco, we had in Chicago, but we just weren't sure if we had the right ingredients to make it a successful business. And I think what we realized is is that the time and effort that Ashley mentioned for the first year that we put in kind of figuring out like, what is our method? How do we do this? Is exactly what made it a success. And we realized that the market could actually be quite different from place to place as long as we had a solid method and plan for the business structure. That's what made it a success. So in the beginning, we were like, these are the ingredients that we're going to need in order for this to be a great business. And then the reality, as we learned, was that it was actually the business that we created. You need key ingredients in that to make it a successful business. So when we had the Clutter V before we rebranded, we thought of the idea like maybe we want a franchise. And that's actually when we were focusing on like senior relocations very specifically. And we looked into it. And it, it was just like, how do you even do that? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. How do you even start thinking about a franchise? Because yeah. We, yeah. We looked at it seriously a year ago. Mm-hmm. And then we got off onto a different tangents with a different focus. But now we think about it again, you know, and, and we think our, our listeners would well, also, love to hear yeah. you know, a little tidbit of how do you get started? I mean, how did that work for you? Where was the first steps or how did you see it going in the direction of a franchise? Yeah. So about the time we got to Chicago, we started receiving messages, mostly through social media, but we started receiving messages from other women, mostly. 99% female, I would say, saying to us, like, could you teach me how to start this in San Diego or Washington, DC? Or And Molly and I were like, yeah, I think that we could teach, but we didn't really know what that meant. We didn't know how to structure that. We weren't in a place where we all of a sudden wanted to have employees across the entire country. Like it just, there was a couple reasons for that. It was one that we loved that sense of ownership and freedom. So we felt that like if other women could embody that same, like, wow, I'm starting my own business. Whereas I think when you're an employee for somebody, it's just not the same ownership. You just don't have that same like feeling. I Commitment. Guess. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we 
initially started in 2013 as a license opportunity. So what that meant is that we were kind of just like giving you the brand name. We were giving you some of the brand recognition. And we were kind of giving you some ideas of like how you could run this. And what we learned really quickly is that they kind of wanted it all. They wanted everything about it. So we were... That is kind of when we were like, all right, well, what does it look like to franchise? And it is a lot bigger and bolder. It's a lot more... You have to have something to provide them. You have to have everything in order. What do you say? Like all your systems and processes and trainings and tools you use. Yeah, like legal stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. I think when we were doing the license program, we knew it was sort of a temporary solution. And one of the things that we knew that we needed for a franchise was that it was a proven successful business. And Ashley and I... Even before that, when people were saying they want to be a part of Meet, we felt so responsible because these women were going to leave their full-time jobs, leave that job security for an opportunity to become a home organizer. And Ashley and I were like, how do we guarantee that? Like, I can guarantee that for me because you know I'm a hard worker and I have Ashley to hold me accountable or whatever it was. I was like, that's easy for me to do for me. But for me to say, this will be successful for you too, felt like a lot of pressure. And I think that comes down to like just the Midwest mentality that Ashley and I always said that the foundation of our business was built on. Just that like, we really truly wanted the best for these women and we wanted to be able to provide that if we could. So when we licensed the brand, we spent a lot of time during that period really documenting what made the business work when it was launched by someone else besides us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Well, and actually we should say, and the first person that we gave that opportunity to is Marissa, who's now one of our co-founders, our partner. I mean, she took the jump for us. And at the time we felt comfortable and confident that she would be able to do it. And it was the perfect person to do it. We actually tell people all the time. It was a funny story because Marissa's like, I want to be the first person. And Ashley and I always were like, if there's a third city, it'll be New York, LA, like big market. And Marissa's like, I'm moving to Fort Lauderdale. And we were like, (laughs) uh, what? Uh, But again, you know, so San Francisco, Molly and I knew no one. We really knew nobody. And so again, that's where we like created this like, method and tried it and saw if our marketing skills would help sell that concept. And then Chicago, as Molly mentioned, was our safety net. So then we were going back to this market where Marissa knew not a single person. And we laugh now because it was about the time that Twitter was really big. Not that it's not super big now. Yeah. But we laugh now, or we used to tease her because she would go there and she would jump on the bandwagon of tweeting and trying to figure out how to market herself. And we're like, so Maris, I think um, the older generation that you're going to be marketing to is maybe not tweeting very much. Maybe not tweeting, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then we were like, maybe let's shift our focus for some marketing efforts. And then as soon as she like shifted and, and figured out a different path, it like completely took off. And we were like, yep. That's what we thought. <laughs> so why did you move to San Francisco? Because you're saying you knew no one. Um, so, so both of your husbands, did they both have job transfers over there then? They did. Yes. 
Wow. It's just so, it's just so neat. I mean, neat. Here we go. It's just so neat how you met. I mean, truly destiny brought you together. Oh yeah. We say it all the time. (laughs) That's awesome. And Instagram wasn't really as big back then either. Instagram didn't even exist when we launched Neat. When you launched. Oh. I think that's so interesting. We were talking to, to Rachel Rosenthal too, because she's been in the organizing business for such a long time. And she's like, no, Instagram was not a thing. Like I printed off business cards. Like I went door to door, like... So, talk to mom's group. Right. And she's like, I had kind of a website, but it wasn't really a website. Right. And I think that's just so interesting because now like, hey, I'm going to start a business. Let me do an Instagram. You know, yeah. before you even have a website now, it's like, oh, let me do an Instagram. And so many people are successful that way. Some people don't even have websites anymore. Yeah. No, no, not at all. I mean, it's interesting for us because we have a little bit of a love-hate with social media. Oh, same. I, same. Did you watch here. The Social Dilemma on oh, Netflix? Yeah. Not yet. Did you I watch that? Good, though. My sister is deleting her Facebook because of that. I know like it's, it's on Netflix. We did. We posted a story yesterday. I stopped liking things on there because I don't want them to build my avatar. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, well, we had a love hate relationship when our Instagram got hacked and it got taken over for like two weeks. Uh-huh. And we had like Instagram account deleted. You know, we've been building this up for what? Probably like hardcore two years. Yeah. Our Instagram yeah. got hacked, completely taken over. Like it was this whole thing. And then we're like, dang, in one minute, everything that we've been working on can just be gone in a second. So we've definitely looked at Instagram a little bit different after that. But after the social dilemma, <laughs> we're, looking at, we're looking at the whole social media thing. I know. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So we, you know, again, we kind of have trialed and aired different things with social media over the last decade. We've been in and out of different things and rolling our eyes when something new pops up and we're like, no, like, please don't like, tell do me. We have to do this. Are you TikTok? I don't yeah. know. No, we aren't either. <laughs> and it's interesting though, because being in so many markets, we have gotten that question a lot where it's like, oh, well, should I have my own Instagram and what should I do? And ironically, our largest market never has touched social media ever. Wow. So it's interesting just in, I mean, she does extremely well. And we're like, well, looks like social media is not such a thing for a certain marketing. And again, they have the hub or they have the the parent company of Neat Method, but she's not getting clients through our Neat Method necessarily. That's just through her grassroots efforts that we've kind of given the playbook on that's helped her know who to get in front of, how to market herself. So yeah, that's kind of my whole like love-hate situation with it all. Just because I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. I know it's the way of the world right now. But I also think like there's still something to be said for getting out there, getting in front of people. Not, I mean, no one loves to refer to it as cold calling, but really like you got to put a name well, to the face. Oh yeah. That's where we've been successful. We call it cold call walk-ins. Yeah. And we're just walking into someone's Or like networking groups and stuff too, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Building those relationships that way. We also found though that because we started in San Francisco, it was almost hard to not engage on a lot of these platforms because it was started there. You know, like one of the co-founders of Instagram used Neat Method very early on, like when they were still building Instagram. And I remember being like, okay. And it's this is like your client. So you're like, sure. Like, 
I'll use this. No one would have known even at that time that it was going to blow up to be oh, what it was. T- they were talking to you yeah, about it. They were like, oh, this is what that's I'm so working crazy. on right now. And you're like, okay, cool. But that's just like the culture of San Francisco, right? So then you're, everyone's supporting you. So you're of course like, okay, like, do we do this now? I guess. And then, you know, things take off and then you're like, okay, well, I guess I'm glad we're on it. But it's also like, (laughs) there was a little bit more of an obligation because we started in San Francisco and because we had these connections Mm -hmm. and just the nature of the beast of what was happening in the Bay Area at the time. So we were exposed early to like a platform like Instagram, just based on our proximity to... Wow, you know, that's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear about... Because your branding is like spot on. Like neat, like everyone's hashtag neat. You want a neat pantry, neat kitchen. Like it's such a good go-to. Like when we were... We rebranded recently. We used to be the Clutter Bee. Now we're Everything Envy. We were really looking at your branding as like inspiration because we're like, I love how they use that, you know, that one neat word where you can reference that to any space, anything you're working on. I think that's so cool. So talk to us a little bit about that. Ashley really had that word when she was sort of dabbling and organizing in Chicago. It was neat Chicago. And when we met in San Francisco, we were like, the word is great. Obviously, we were kind of like, there was tons of organizing businesses that already existed for sure. But it was more like the name of the person who ran the business. And so because there were two of us, we were already kind of obligated to do something a little bit different than that. And then at the very beginning, because Ashley and I met in Ash, was it August or July? When was that? Yeah, July. July. So we didn't want to actually, the truth be told, we didn't want to pay the fees in the state of California to start a business because we were like, it's already halfway through the year and it's $800 in the state of California. And we were like, (laughs) got to do the numbers. We can relate to that so much. At the very beginning, we were like, no way. I don't want to pay that extra. A lot of time to just work on the definition of the brand neat and just like took the time to really think about like, where it's the describe neat and who neat is and give neat a voice that actually wasn't either of us, which if we had a crystal ball and would have known that we were going to be in all of these markets, I don't know if it could have worked out better because the fact that there were two of us, it wasn't like Ashley Murphy organizing it, then it's Ashley's personality. Because there were two of us coming into it, it had to have a personality of its own which is why we think the brand has done so well over time because it isn't a person. It's a brand. And the brand is defined by itself and by some of those core values that we put in place at the very beginning. And the voice of the brand is... Well, because it is basically all women. It's the voice of many women. It's the voice of many people who are passionate about organizing. It's not the voice of Ashley and Molly, Mm. which was really important to us at the beginning. So I think that that has helped with the success of growing a bigger business overall. And we always knew that it had that potential. And we said right away, because originally, 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 we said it was Neat San Francisco. And the both of us were like, we're never going to live in San Francisco forever. Right. So, mm-hmm. so we knew right away that there was potential for growth. Yeah. You didn't want to limit yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even so, going... 
even going a step back from all of that a little bit though. So I feel like, you know, if we're speaking to entrepreneurs in any industry, I think some like business 101 that I would have loved to have received, like as we were coming up with a name and a concept and how to register your business and what that all looks like. So for us, we really did our research. We knew that the name Neat Method or Neat was not trademarked and it was not registered in the state of Illinois and it was not registered in the state of San Francisco. So you have to be respectful if other brands have the name already. And I think that that obviously has popped up for us over the years. And again, you're kind of like, Ooh, like, what do you do about that? How do you really handle that? We obviously have like tried to kind of take the high road there a little bit and just say like, listen, we kind of feel like we're big enough at this point that it's not necessarily like direct competition. But that would be my advice, no matter what industry you're going into or what you're starting. If you're starting something in the exact same industry, you really should not be using the same names. Yeah. Um, so do the research is, my, is really my advice. Um, and I think personally, like, sometimes you have no idea that the research is needed. You don't really mm-hmm. understand like, oh, how do I figure that out on the trademark website? Like, What does that even mean? But they do hold some merit. you know, And you have to definitely like consider that. So as you're picking names and you're trying to come up with what works best, the more you can kind of do that, dot your I's and cross your T's, the better would be my advice. Yes. Yeah, that was huge for us when we were thinking about our new name because there's so many organizing businesses now, which is amazing. But they all you know, use the same words. It's home, it's house, it's declutter, it's all these things. And that was very interesting for us to look at when we were thinking about ours because we're like, how can we be different but also not limit ourselves, but also still relate to this. Like there's so many things that you have to factor in when you're yeah, choosing a name. It's not easy. It takes, takes a lot of time. Well, yeah. The way that actually a friend and I did it to come up with meat is we kind of just started writing down all these like nouns and like... That's what we did too. We literally just started writing down everything yeah. we could that were words that could be descriptive of this type of industry. And then honestly, we probably researched like six and it was probably one of the only ones available. I'd say every year it's getting harder all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Whenever we have an idea and we go on like GoDaddy or whatever, we're like, that domain's available. Let's buy it. Because we like... There's Even so if we many... don't use it, let's buy it now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we remember those days. It's worth it. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. So did you have like people that help you build your brand? Because you have, again, like such a solid brand, like as far as colors. And did you know who your ideal customer is? Like your luxury, you know, organizing company. Did you know that going in? Or were you like, let's just test this out and see where it goes? So we knew what wasn't really existent in the industry. And we also knew that we felt comfortable marketing to a certain clientele. In terms of the question, did we have help? I think the way we would both answer this is that we would literally talk to anyone and everyone. And I'm going to maybe answer this for Mal just because I do feel like it's kind of an important factor of Neat Method and who we are even today. But the reason why Molly and her husband were in San Francisco was because her husband was one of the first... Well, the first employee at Uber. And so Uber... We literally would joke, the two of us, like, okay, so Uber has five cars that drive around San Francisco. Are we scaling at the same size as them? And we would like, we'd ask Ryan, Molly's husband, like, 
can you just help us a little bit from a business perspective? And he kind of would, he would give us tons of advice. He would tell us like, here's what you need to try. You kind of just have to take some risks, get out there, try this, try that. So truly for me, I'll say this on behalf of both of us. He was a huge inspiration just because he was getting out there, being an entrepreneur, working his butt off. So then we would kind of like, again, joke with him and say like, okay, we're going to just trend at the same, like, yeah. uh-huh. so like even, you're doing that. We're going to do it too. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. Even the idea of expansion, Uber obviously expanded very rapidly, how they even like took rates and whatnot, we kind of considered. And at the time, Uber was a very luxury service. And then it kind of shifted into Uber X and whatnot. But it used to be this like very black car. Black wow. Car. See, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that either. See, we don't have Uber. And <laughs> do we? Not I don't here. think we don't have no, Uber. We, do. in we actually do have Uber now. I've it seen finally a car. Came. I've seen a car with a little, I, the little I Uber think thing new. in the windshield. I think it's new yeah. on Grants Pass. It's a, yeah. it's a small community. And, and yeah. And who knows? It might not even be here. Maybe it was in Bedford, but it just drove it here. here to yeah. <laughs> um, so to this day, different people, especially Ryan, like different people that we've been put in contact with have just been a great sounding board for us. And I think the best advice is really don't be afraid to put yourself out there. And we weren't like, we were just like, Hey, will you talk to me? Can you help us? What does this look like? And we really like Ryan actually got us our first client because he was on Twitter and we were not. And a tweet went out (laughs) and really successful. How would you even describe entrepreneur? in San Francisco. And he basically like, there was a New York times article about an organizer. Yeah. And he was like, does anybody know of anything like this in San Francisco? And Ryan was like, yeah, my wife. And then Ryan's like, I think I got you a client. And we were like, wait, what? And to this day, this guy has been an no. incredible, still an no. incredible client of ours. Even like right before COVID, he bought services for a friend of his. Hmm. I mean, he's still, That's it's awesome. just so great. Yeah. So really that, that would be my like answer of a lot of people have helped. There were very like specific people that have helped, but it was us being super scrappy and getting out there and just trying to ask all the right. Try to everything too, Ash. Like, I also think like one of the big things is, is like, we never turned down an opportunity. So even through NAPO at first, we went to a lot of NAPO meetings because we were just trying to understand what existed in the industry. And it gave us a lot of answers to like what we wanted to do and also what we didn't want to do. Like any opportunity will help you define your brand. It's just a matter of taking advantage of all those opportunities. And Ashley and I, because we were in San Francisco and didn't know anybody, we literally had nothing better to do than to go to everything. Just try it. And then all of a sudden, we were able to define who we were a bit more just by the experiences that we were allowing ourselves to have. It's like, if we didn't have a client, we were still getting together. We were looking up realtors and you know just taking the meetings that people would give us or sitting at a coffee shop and trying to strike up a conversation with the person next to us just to see if maybe there might be a connection. So we really just took the opportunity and talked about it a lot. And I yeah. think that's one of the things that with Instagram, people don't do as much anymore. You just show a bunch of photos and you hope it gets the message across. But the reality is, is that this is a service-based business and you need to be able to 
explain who you are, what you do, and why you're doing what you're doing. I think anybody can stage a beautiful photo, but I'm not sure everybody can put into words what needs to be done in order for like the space to be sustainable and work well for the client. And so Ashley and I did a whole lot of talking to a whole lot of people until it literally just rolled off our tongues. So then when we were thinking about branding, it was really easy because the words were already defined in our heads. You would see a color and you're like, that doesn't connect with what we've been saying. Yeah. We had a really cool meeting. I don't even remember completely how we landed it with the number one realtor in San Francisco. But again, we were not even two years old and we were like, okay, here we are. We get in front of him. We tell him what we're all about. We can hopefully then like get in the door with his clientele. And so he was awesome. I mean, I still remember like advice he gave to this day, but we sat down and he kind of was like, okay, so tell me like, and we were really nervous for sure. But he was like, tell me like what you're doing. Tell me how this goes, how this works. So we kind of were just like, I mean, maybe we had 10 clients, seven clients. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so we had to like, we were like truly trying to like fake it till you make it and explain. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. We know what we're talking right. about. We like, had to wear that. Put face. on the power suit. Yep. We got this. Oh, I mean, I even remember we like tried to like look as professional as possible. And you know, you're getting in front of these, this like major real estate firm and the head guy. And he was just like very honest with us. He's like, I think you have what it takes to definitely like make it in the luxury market with the wealthiest of the wealthy. He's like, but you're going to need to get a few things in order before you do so. And he just was very like straightforward. I mean, how else would you describe how it was just great advice that we didn't leave it defeated. We left it that like, we will be back in this door one day. And we were, but he was not about to hand us some client that bought a $30 million house up the hill and say, he was basically just like, I really like you girls. I love how passionate you are about this. There isn't anything that exists like what you're talking about. I just think you need a little bit more time and you need to really refine how you describe what your business is. And we were like, okay, okay. And we left and our husbands were like, how'd it go? We're like, I mean, we didn't get any clients, but we feel good. It was good. Yeah. are like, that's like when we decided to kind of like rebrand to Neat Method. We like hired a branding expert that kind of helped us with a lot of that. And she really was more up for our website. Like what's the look and the feel of the website you're looking for? So that advice or that like... Rejection. Yeah. That rejection was kind of what set us going to the next level where we were like, all right, we can do this. And you didn't look at it as a rejection. It sounds like, you know, you looked at it as hey, we just got some really good advice here. Yeah. yeah and it just motivated you even more rather yeah, than being and like... we will be back. Yes. But, you know, because I think a lot of, especially new business owners might look at it as like, oh, mm-hmm. that was horrible. And I, I don't yeah. ever want to be in that position again, you know, but instead of just taking what it was at face value, this was a learning experience for us. Yeah. Well, Let's I think the biggest thing the next changed. level... The biggest thing that's changed in the past 10 years is that more and more so the world has become instant gratification. Oh yeah. With everything. Like (laughs) you want it and you have it right now, right? When we started 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. So we didn't have an expectation of saying like, 
we're neat method. And this is going to be a success because there's a bunch of other people that have been successful. And so I'm going to be successful too. All I have to do is ABC. We were like, well, let's just try. Let's just keep going. Okay. This is good information. And I feel like now people maybe coming into the business don't realize when they see neat method and they see 600,000 followers that they also this was started 10 years ago. Like yeah, it didn't exactly. happen overnight. And a lot of where we are, there were so many steps and there were so many hurdles and there were yeah. so many moments that we could be like, we're done. So I feel like that's a big thing right now is that it, everybody wants everything so instant, including an instantly successful business. And we're here to say like, you got to be ready for a marathon. Yeah. Like if you're looking for a sprint, then this is your hobby. Well, and because I know you guys a little bit, somewhat well, I feel like for Molly and I, and I think this would go for you as well. So many of the like moments she's referring to where it's like, oh, wow, like this is really hard right now. Or even probably even what happened with your Instagram. I mean, that would have devastated us and still could devastate us. Like it's ugly world out there. And we, we understand, but we had so many moments where it was more of a personal check-in. It wasn't this like business check-in. It was a personal, like are you good? Am I good? Are we like, are we going to the next level? Are we, you know, when we had the um, acquisition, I, which I'm, I know we've chatted a little bit about on some of the organizers, right stuff. But when we got acquired, I remember thinking like, okay, so we are this like small business right now. I think at the time we had 25 licensees, like what's this going to look like? And we had to kind of say to each other, like, are we okay to like go big or go home? You know, yeah, uh-huh. Whereas, as much as it sounded amazing and like this great milestone, there was a lot more to it. There was a lot more to the like gut check of like, okay, like what does this look like moving forward? So I would just say like to anyone, especially business partners, you have each other to kind of like do that with and say like, so... Because you don't have to keep going. You know, you could be fine. I heard an interview with someone the other day in the organizing world that they were like, I just knew that I wanted to stay. It was Shira Gill. And she's like, I knew I wanted to stay small. I knew I wanted to just stay me versus continuing to have employees or expansion. And I'm like, that's awesome. And there's something to be said for that too. Yeah, I think that's huge. And that's one of the main reasons why we love the one crazy journey podcast. Cause like, you're right. Like so many people, you know, they go on, they're a new business owner and they see, Oh, they have, you know, 50,000 followers, a hundred thousand followers. And they just think, Oh, you know, it just discourages them right away. Like, or it rushes them to try and grow quicker when they're not ready. And it's like, Oh, they have employees. I need employees. And that's why we love sharing journeys, you know, because we really like to break that down and be like, no, this is what it takes. It wasn't overnight. Like even when you see people, we love studying like successful people, which is why we're so excited to have you on. And it's like, yeah, it might seem like an overnight success, but when you hear their story, like they like persistence, they were like broke with no money and then they got their big break. There's so, so many, yeah, so many stories like that where it appears to be overnight success, but it's really 22 years in the making for that overnight success. And yeah. then all of a sudden, maybe, yes, their book was published and now it's on the New York Times best-selling list and they did become an overnight success. But what did it take to get that book written and yeah. get it marketed? And you know, those are the things that there is no true overnight success. There's mm-hmm. always a lot of hard work behind yeah. the scenes. Definitely. And definitely like staying true to yourself and staying true to like the brand you want to be, 
I think is really huge. I think that obviously there are several people in many industries that kind of can achieve that overnight success sometimes when they are doing the, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say copycat route, but going the route of just like intimidating other brands. Exactly. Oh yeah. And then like quickly overnight, I would say, be the creators. You'll just feel a lot better about it in the long run um, and stick to that for sure. Um, danger yourself is really like yeah. kind of what yeah. our gut checks have had to be for several years. <laughs> yeah. Then those gut checks are so important. I know we go through a lot of that on the daily sometimes where we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> or there's a little bit of this. One's a little freaked out about something and the other one, you know, kind of... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gives a new perspective and then, oh, okay, thank you. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we definitely, it's definitely nice to have that. And like, even during like COVID and like quarantine too, I'd love to hear quickly about that because I'm sure that was crazy. Like, you know, yeah. having franchises just for our our business locally, like it still was, you know, it was interesting. I would say we're very positive people and we definitely keep a positive mindset. We're never like let ourselves get in that oh no, what if scenario? Because we can check each other, I feel like. But we definitely had some good reflection time where it was good just to kind of slow down and be like, okay, what do we really want? What does our business look like moving forward? And that's really when we decided to kind of start you know, our podcast and our new brand. So how was that for you ladies? Same. Honestly, like the kind of just, again, reevaluating. I think for us, it was a little bit of a personal like, oh, okay, we're going to slow down. I and Molly would probably attest to this, but I didn't go into freak out mode. I didn't feel like the world was ending as much as like every day felt a little different than the next. But I definitely was kind of there to try to ease the minds of all of our owners. I didn't know how long it was also going to last for. So then... And you had states that were very here and states that were very here, meaning some that were really scared, some still are really scared. I think everybody should be. I'm not saying to not, to let up that scare or fear. But I know it's so different though in every single area. It's crazy. We really cautious how to navigate it and even what to say, just because we were like, listen, we all we care about is everybody's safety. Everybody involved, we care about safety. So I understand though, you know, you're running a business and financially this matters. And so we did have to pivot. We definitely, it was, we had to delay the launch of our products, which our products were, for us, we were like, no, because that go on, even if service wasn't, you know, where we were like, Mm -hmm. but all that kind of got delayed because of shipments and whatnot from China. And so we jumped into doing a lot more virtual organizing it was really only ugly for us though for like March, April, and May. And then once we started figuring out really, really clear safety protocol and what to do for our teams, for the homeowners, what we expected even from the homeowners back for us, forever we've asked the clients to not really be around. It just kind of slows things down. Yeah, so us too. <laughs> so different that we were like, listen, for everybody's safety... We would rather have you not in our space with your family while we're trying to like organize it. So yeah, we were all scared and I think we still all are. And I think that we will come out of this, but yeah, it had to pivot the same way and had, but it also welcomed the pause. Right. Yeah. I think that was huge for a lot of people. Like, wow. Okay. I have nothing to do. Like, who am I? What do I want to do? Like there was a lot, obviously not a lot of negative, but there was so much positive too. That came out of it for sure. Yeah, a lot more reading to place, a lot more family time, meals mm-hmm. together, getting well, having each other around. You guys see 
feeling that like everyone is wanting to make these improvements right now to their home, whether it's like they want to move, they want to upgrade or downsize or paint their walls, or I just feel like it's a really hot topic right now, which is really awesome for our industry. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. I mean, I keep saying to neat method owners and team, I keep saying like, let's ride the wave. Like, let's figure this out. Yes. Embrace it while we can. Who knows what tomorrow brings? Like, let's just keep trucking along when we can, but don't burn out. There's no reason to like take the... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Keep the momentum going. yourself. But yeah. Yeah. We practice a lot of self-care sets in an I do. (laughs) Well, you have to, right? When you're an entrepreneur and you're like... And I definitely feel like I can be kind of addicted to work just because I like it so much. So like quarantine, I was working all she day, every day. Me, I think, and then I was she like, me hold on. Growing up. <laughs> it was yeah, her. It was my fault. And <laughs> by the way, your product line is amazing. <laughs> we ordered, I think, a couple thousand dollars worth of product for this large like kitchen pantry project that we oh were doing. Oh my gosh, and it's gorgeous. Yeah. And for us, like we don't have a container store here. So we always have to be super specific on like where things are going, measure to the T. Because right. like, our store returns like never really works out. So when we were looking to what to put in this house, we were looking on the container store and we're like, you know, I wish we had this. I would like, there's no product like that. I was like, hold on, the neat method like just came out with this. It fit perfect with our wow. client style. She wanted, you That's know, what matte she black wanted. metal, like, you know, it was a very gorgeous house. And we ordered like 50 spice jars, like her spice drawer looks absolutely amazing. It was so fun. And every single and we ordered some from Container Store and some from you. And we're like, they just thought of everything. Like nails were ruined from getting the, the, the all of the five tags <laughs> on each bin from the Container Store. Like, How long is it going to take to do this? You guys like, nope, here it's done. You cut off this little tag. Everything's good. I'm like, oh. Well, and we yeah. ordered the labels It was so too. refreshing. <laughs> we ordered the steel powder-coated yes. labels. Too. Oh yeah, those are awesome. Oh, oh my gosh. They're and amazing. I took it home to my husband because he was in the steel manufacturing. He, he had a company for years you know, in, in the steel industry. And I go, look at these. They're powder-coated. I was showing him. I go, you know, pulling the magnets so across and the, the little channel on the back where the wire goes. I mean, we use those in three different types of situations on mm-hmm. that job. Yeah, uh, and that label worked for all three situations perfectly. Well, that was definitely how it all came about. was just kind of a void in the industry that we felt yeah. we could elevate if we were in the right hands. And thankfully with Whitmore, we've been able to do that. And hopefully we're not stopping anytime soon. I feel like we could keep going and going and going where you're just like, ah, but you, we want to stay small. We don't want to have 10,000 SKUs. Like we're not yeah. looking to be the container source competition by any, you know what I mean? Like that's not the goal here. It's more just to elevate products that everybody was already using. And our biggest clientele are actually organizers. If you think oh, about for it, sure. because we buy so much more volume than the average consumer. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I know we just have a couple more minutes, but I'd love to know the process of like creating your product line. Like, was it on like little sticky notes and you just started to draw like little ideas? Like, I I think that's so cool to imagine something here and now people are buying it, they're using it, they're taking photos with it. I'm sure that's absolutely so exciting. Yeah. And in my past life in the architectural world, when I was practicing architecture, we would draw things on cocktail napkins. And so I... We're wondering that too. Is that what you did? Like the sticky notes or the cocktail napkins thrown at your step? Well, when you were having a cocktail while putting it on the cocktail. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Because that's where it took place. (laughs) Yeah, right. 
Oh my gosh. So it, it definitely like has taken a village and it has been, it's a brand new business for us. Like obviously we had done the service thing. We kept perfecting the service thing. Like that's still like always something we're going to hopefully strive to do better and better with. But this was like starting from square one. Like we were starting completely over with a different concept. And we were working with Whitmore who have been in the industry for over 75 years. And so we were like, okay, this should be really easy. Well, what we learned and we both had a mutual appreciation for is that we had such a different vision of what functionality meant. So that, you know, they produce thousands and thousands of products to the mass market retailers, to the Walmarts of the world. And we were like, yeah, that's not going to work for us. Like we don't want any metal. We want it to be matte or we want it Ah. to be powder coated or even like, I mean, so it took a village. It was really, we had focus groups. We had women that have worked for us for years that were in the interior design world we really like all band together and like talked about all the pros and cons, all the things we wish that we would have had over the last decade. And I think that's kind of like through all of that, this first launch. And I mean, there still are things that we would change from it that we're like, it's amazing and we love it. Yeah. But now we've learned and touched and felt, we're like, yeah, we probably could do that better next time, which I think is just part of any concept it's or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Growing. Yeah. yeah. I think that's absolutely amazing. We use an app called Marco Polo, and that's how we communicate back and forth through our corporate team. And so our product development team has its own channel and we're talking through it. But the birth of that magnet that has the channel and the wire maybe are the funniest like video messages back and forth because you see us and we're like, but what if you put this like tunnel in the back and could you, and everyone was like, what do you mean? And then we would like try to draw it, but imagine drawing that thing. Like, charades. Huh? How do you explain what you mean by like a tunnel that people, what? You're like, what, what is going what? on? This sounds wrong. A tunnel? <laughs> and it started with like a flat wire and we're like, you can't twist a flat wire. It has to be rounded. And let's add on top of it that you're communicating with Chinese factories which is a whole different... Yeah, that's a different animal right there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's... I mean, everything at Neat Method has really just taken a lot of passion and collaboration and a village, really. Like we're all in it for the same goals. And I feel like that's what we strive to do. That's amazing, ladies. Thank you so much for coming on. I just want to talk to you for a few more hours if you have time. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, just keep it going. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, just thank you so much. I Again, we love hearing like journeys about things. And I know there's so many things that like we could talk about. We definitely want to have you on in the future. We always finish off the One Crazy Journey podcast with one final question. But I feel like we've touched on it. But it's first thing that comes to your mind. So we always say, this is a One Crazy Journey podcast. What's something crazy that you can share with us today? First thing that comes to your mind. I'm having a baby in a week. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, she's over here with a a cold. She's pregnant. Thank you so much for talking with us today. (laughs) That feels like a crazy journey I'm about to jump on. I'm like, I cannot believe a week from today. Hold on. But something needs to be said that it's baby number four and boy number four. So yes. I just want to say, Molly, that when I had 
two kids. It's like I had everything together. It was the third one that pushed me over the edge. And then <laughs> after that, I would, it was nothing for me to babysit 10 kids. I kid you not. So you're saying, yeah, it's, so you'll so be you're, okay. it's going to be a breeze. You've done it. You've already gone got through this. the hard part of having the three and managing that. The fourth one's going to be a piece of That's cake. what we keep saying. We're like, yeah. it's going to be fine, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, it's yes, going to yes. be fine. You've mastered this already. Yes. yes. I promise you. Well, yes. thank you so much for sharing with us today. Were we going to get Ashley's one? Yeah, Ash. Well, instead of a baby, I recently got a dog. And I'm like, maybe a baby would be easier. I'm not sure. Which ones? <laughs> Puppies are Puppies a lot of work. a lot of work. Yes, that's, that's my new I mean, journey. You can put them so in a crate. For, you know, you're tired of them. You can put them in a crate. You don't want to deal with it. But still, they're a lot of work. Well, oh it is God. kind of like having a baby, right? You're up. They, you have to let them out. They, they are much the easier. And the good news is, even though my husband was very adamant we wouldn't get one, he now has a new best friend. So they're good. Yeah. Every good. day, the two of them, I'm like, well, this worked out well. This I love it. So having a puppy is definitely a crazy journey. I love it. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, make sure you check out the Neat Methods website. Instagram, their amazing new product that we're absolutely obsessed with, the neatmethod.com. And also you can follow them at neatmethod on Instagram. And do you have a Twitter or no? Oh, yeah. You have a Twitter. Oh, so you've got them all. You, you can got tweet, them all. You can tweet. You can tweet them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, ladies. Thank this has so been so much. much. And definitely make sure that you check them out. Thanks for listening to the One Crazy Journey podcast, where we have a brand new episode every Monday. Like what you hear? Then subscribe so you never miss a show. And while you're at it, why not hop over to our Instagram at everything.nb and follow us there so you can keep up with our stories. And on a side note, we often make references in our episodes about the programs, books, and apps, and other tools that we love. If you would like to know what these tools are, then take a look at the show notes for this episode and find the link to our free resource guide. Well, that's it for today. So you can listen to us next time on the One Crazy Journey podcast. And if you use your imagination, you can see us too. 